What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Players Championship. It is just big event after big event after big event on the PGA Tour. And this is the tour's biggest, $25 million in the purse. This is their crown jewel, $4.5 bucks up top for the winner. So everybody's here, and it's at one of the most recognizable golf courses in the world, TPC Sawgrass. Before we jump into this and go through all the data and all the information for this week, I do have one housekeeping item. I got some giveaways for this week. I was hoping to have them here in person, but it doesn't seem like they're going to be delivered until Tuesday or Wednesday. And they are actually um, crystals from the Players' Championship. They're these little crystals that are filled with water from the island green or sand from the island green and they call them like game used or tournament used i believe they're from 2021 i don't know if they're cool or not i, I thought they were pretty cool i thought it was pretty interesting i thought it was a nice little something to have so i bought five or six of them and i'm gonna give them out this week the only there's only one way to enter it's very simple to do go sign up for my email newsletter um it is called the run good rundown and it is i send it out weekly it is stats and trends and information and screenshots and just data in golf like that's literally all it is to help you make better decisions and learn a little bit more along the way if you're a part of the of the newsletter list uh you're in the draw and i've got five or six of these crystals to give out and i'll get in touch with people and ship them out i thought they were pretty cool i hope you do too it, it's free to enter so uh you you don't even have to think they're all that cool as long as you're as long as you're a part of it you're in the draw otherwise um i guess let's just jump into this thing Okay, so this is my website, rickrungood.com. Everything you see is going to be from my website. It is just a giant database for um, for golf betting, for DFS, and hopefully just makes your research process a heck of a lot easier. This is the course key stats tool. So this is a model that looks at the last handful of years of the statistics at every single course, excuse me, the results at every single course and the statistics for every player for each year. And it builds models for the types of golfers that have success and then what skill sets tend to have more success at one golf course over another. It is not uh, retroactive in terms of saying like, oh, because someone putted well at TPC Sawgrass, strokes gain putting is important. No, it looks at the, the type of golfer they were for that year and goes back and does it, which I think is a much better way to actually look at this information. And there are two stats that stand alone here at TPC Sawgrass. It is strokes gained off the tee. It is strokes gained approach. We would call those the ball striking categories. And it makes a lot of sense. You know, Pete Dye, this is, you know, his most recognizable golf course. If I, if I just showed a picture of the Island Green to, um, you know, just general golf fans, I think most people would, would know it. They It's been in all the video games. We play it every year on the PGA Tour. Like, it's just a very recognizable, whole very recognizable golf course. You really are able to separate yourself from not only from T to green, but obviously in the ball striking categories and, and, and the data backs that up. There's really no opinion in that whatsoever. It just says the guys who have been the best ball strikers in the years uh, of each tournament have, have played better at TPC Sawgrass than, than the others. So the way this reads, strokes gained off the tee with a rank of seven. That means there were only six other courses in which strokes gained off the tee is more important approach. Ninth, that means there's only eight other courses in which strokes gained approach is more important. And then all the other stats, distance, accuracy, um, putting, and around the green, they're all like in the 20s or 30s. 
So these are really two outliers in terms of importance for this week. And I think that not only passes the stat, stat test, but it also passes the sniff test. If I show you the scorecard, Here's the official scorecard for this week. Par 72, 72, 75. Obviously, that uh, can fluctuate each and every day. You can see that the, the par threes are, are, are not particularly long, especially compared to last week, which um, Bay Hill had some of the, the, the longest sets of par threes that we have on the PGA Tour schedule. So the threes here are 177 yards. That's number three. Um, number eight is the longest by far, 237 yards. 13 is 181. And then obviously the Island Green, 17th. I mean, it's no more than a wedge. It's 137 yards. It's just uh, much more demanding because there's only the green there and there's really no true bailouts. You got to hit your wedge and you got to hit it good. And then um, obviously the added pressure and everything else that, that goes along the way. Then the fives are pretty gettable as well, right? I mean, we've seen two be super gettable. That's only 532 yards. We've seen 11 be really gettable, 16 really gettable. Um, nine's the longest. It's 602 yards on the scorecard, but uh, the fives are really where um, you can kind of make your hay around this golf course. And if we go back and look at the, the regression model, that's not only just bared out via our eyeballs watching this event for the last however many years, but it's also one of the most important stats. So um, the main stats, the ones that I think are, are the best, you know, the strokes gain metrics, the driving accuracy, the driving distance, they're in this web model. But then I put every other stat here, and some of these are pretty noisy, but you can start to build um, some ideas around what the better ones are. So like, like strokes gain off the tee is the actual most important stat. Approaches from over 275 yards is next. Okay, I would say that's noisy that doesn't I mean so guys have so few shots a hit in a year from over 275 yards that that is just a coincidence that is really noisy I would not care about that next is strokes gained approach okay makes sense that's a great stat eagles is next eagles per hole or holes per eagle is next okay that kind of makes sense you got it you got to score guys that guys that can make eagles um hit it long they usually eat up par fives and you go look and say oh my gosh par five scoring average is next okay that's really interesting and then scoring average in general is right after that so th this starts to really tell a story i mean you can even go further approaches from 150 to 175 is next going for the green is next that's a par five stat in general approaches from 175 to 200 so now we've got a pretty like this makes a lot of sense so now the story that we're telling is Find or, or, or this is the story that the stats are telling, the regression model is telling is find good ball strikers or great ball strikers, primarily from 150 to 200 yards, who can take apart the par fives. That that is really what this says. And when we run a custom model, I've got the custom model here on rickrungood.com. You can put any stats in you want. I'll throw all of these stats in and we'll see what players come out. But we're getting a really strong story right now. The other thing that I will note before I scroll down and show you the players that fit this model the most is that this course is chaos. You know, you thought last week was chaos. Florida in general is pretty chaotic. There's water lurking everywhere. There are very few guys with really strong elite course history. Most guys who even have the best course history miss a cut or two in the last five years. It, it is just very easy to miss the cut here. And I would encourage you to kind of embrace that volatility a little bit this week. Don't get too caught up on if some of your stars miss the cut. It is going to happen. It is a very, very crazy week. Okay. So 
we take everything we learned up top. We scroll down and we decide how many rounds we want to use. Do we want to use the last 24, last 36? I don't know. I like to use the last 36 rounds. And what this the adjusted fit will do is it'll take all the numbers from up top, look at the last 36 rounds for every single one of these players, and and say who whose game fits this golf course in the last 36 rounds. A little bit of a surprise out of the gate. Terrell Hatton's number one. He's been playing great golf, played great golf last week. Um what does he do well? Well, when he's going right, it's the ball striking. He actually is a tie in adjusted fit with John Rahm. And now John Rahm, uh, I feel like he wins the adjusted fit almost on every single golf course in the world. Uh, but John Rahm is tied with Terrell Hatton for the best fit. Tony Finau, Scotty Scheffler, Jason Day rounding out the top five with Rory McIlroy, Colin Morikawa, Max Homa, Will Zalatoris, and Patrick Cantlay at 10. I will note, Ryan Fox is 11. Uh, we, we might be using some Ryan Fox this week. He's, he's in the $6,000 range. We'll talk about him in, in, in a few minutes, but, uh, those are the guys that are the best adjusted course fit. We'll obviously run a model in a second, but let's go over to the cheat sheet and talk through this field pricing tier by pricing tier. Four golfers over $10,000, John Rahm, 11.8, Roy McIlroy, 11,000, Scotty Scheffler, 10.6, Xander Shoffley, 10,000. Not much of a surprise here. I will note, remember, this pricing did come out early, right? It came out before the conclusion of the Arnold Palmer invitation. I think it came out on Friday afternoon or so. So, um, you know, nothing has been taken into account from from the API last week. Let's start with John Rahm here. It was pretty ugly, right? John Rahm lost six strokes off the tee, which is, uh, I'm certain, by far the worst of his career. He, he had a stretch last year where he gained off the tee for 35 consecutive events. He's probably the best driver of the golf ball on the planet. We can look at this on a round-by-round -round basis. And see, because I mean, he went out. And, I mean, he went out Thursday and was was a star, right? Gained seven strokes to the field despite losing a half a stroke off the tee, and then things just got worse after that. He put a couple of balls in the water on six over the course of those final three rounds. I mean, it was it was ugly. Now it's it, it is easy to. Um, to pile up a bunch of water balls and pile up a bunch of stats, and especially when you're John Rahm and you're no longer in the mix and you're just kind of over it. I, I'm a little bit worried about it because he has not been as sharp with the driver. He wasn't great at Riviera. Um, you know, he was okay. He was okay in Phoenix. I actually thought the numbers were, were better than that. Um, or the, 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 the numbers are actually telling a different story than, than kind of what I thought in Phoenix. And then he has this horrid week, uh, Still gained strokes on approach, still gained around the green, still gained with the putter. I'm really interested to see what the industry does with John Rahm. You know, he is uh, – I'm not going to, like, kill the guy for, for three bad rounds in the last year, right, which is basically what we've had. You know, he has not lost strokes um, in three consecutive rounds in, like, since August of 2020. I, I mean, he's just an absolute star. And if we're going to get any level of discount – um, I'm willing to take it. You look at his players' championship results, and again, it's very, very chaotic, very, very volatile around here. Um, he has made the cut every year. He actually got MDF'd in 2017. That's an old thing where it, if there were too many guys who made the cut, they would do a secondary cut after Saturday. They no longer do that. So he, he's technically made the cut every year, but he's only played 19 out of 20 possible rounds. Finished T9 in 2021. Um, 2019 is the year he should have won this event, and he dunked it in the water on 11 or 12 there, going against uh, his caddy Adam Hayes' wishes, right? So he's he's got some good history around here, all things considered. I'm not super worried about 
the drive. I mean, I guess I am more worried than than I have been, but I'm happy to go back to John Rahm after losing six strokes off the tee because it's just so unlikely that that happens again. Where I imagine most people go is Rory McIlroy, 2019 Players Champion, uh, coming off another great week. Last week, what he's doing is super special. Um, look at how often he gains 10 strokes on the field, right? And I've got, so so rickrungood.com, my site, I've got all the European data. I've got all the Asian Tour data, live, live data, Senior Tour, Corn Ferry. If you're not looking at a, a global view of this, like you're doing something wrong. So you cannot just possibly be looking at PGA tour stuff. You've got to be looking at all the tours. I've got six tours on the website. Look at how often he gains 10 or more strokes to the field. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven times in his last nine starts, drove it great at Bay Hill, fixed the putter a little bit, right? He wasn't great with the putter. In fact, he was worse uh, so we had those two down weeks in Phoenix and Riviera was a small positive with the flat stick. If he gains any more than that, he wins the golf tournament, right? If he puts like he did at, uh, at the CJ cup, if he puts like he did in Dubai or basically anywhere else, he wins the golf tournament. And then we talked about, you know, his history around, uh, his history around TPC Sawgrass. It's volatile, right? He's got four missed cuts in, what is that? 10 years. He's got the win. He has three more top tens. Last year he played this, he finished T33, lost four and a half strokes putting. It's very, very all over the place around this golf course. So you do not get scared when you start seeing that. But I imagine most people are going to go to Rory, and I think it's going to be well warranted. What will people do with Scotty Scheffler, who again was in the mix last week? Actually, let me show you one thing. Put a bow on Rory McIlroy. Last 36 rounds across all tours. I like 36. I think that's the best uh, view for predictions, right? It's just enough. And actually the numbers bear that out. That the last 36 is generally the best for predictive purposes. As of right now, after the, after the, uh, Arnold Palmer invitation was loaded into the database for the first time in a long time, Rory McIlroy overtook the number one spot from John Rahm in the last 36 rounds. So it's 275, 2.75 strokes game per round for Rory, 2.7 for John Rahm, 2.1 for Scotty Scheffler. Spoiler alert, the only other guy gaining over two strokes per round is Jason Day. We will get to him in just a second. So Scotty Scheffler has been phenomenal. From T to green, actually, if we go, if we do a longer, a longer look here on T to green play, like let's do last 100 rounds. So Scotty is second over the last 36. Okay, he's still second over the last 100, both to Rory McIlroy. This stat profile, I've talked about this a lot. Look at these numbers for Scotty. From T to green, he's an absolute killer. Second in the in the field in T to green last week, he gained 10 and a half strokes. 13 in Phoenix. 10 in Houston, 12 at the U.S. Open, 12 at Charles Schwab. He is nothing. I, I mean, he's gained every, he's gained tee to green every week dating back to <laughs> this event last year. It's been a year he hasn't lost from tee to green. And I'm pretty sure 
Remember last year was even more chaotic because there was like a three-stroke difference in the weather waves because that huge storm rolled in and the guys had to go back out there and play like round two on Saturday morning or whatever it was, and they got blown off the golf course. And they like so like it was Xander, it was Morikawa, it was Kepka. I think Scotty Scheffler was on the wrong end of the draw. All these guys just got wiped by the draw. Actually, Scotty ended up making the cut, but um, I'm pretty sure he was in the wrong end of it as well. So keep that in mind when you look back at last year's at last year's data. If Scotty Scheffler gains two strokes with the putter last week, he wins the golf tournament. I'll say that again. If Scotty Scheffler gains two strokes with the putter last week, he wins the golf tournament, which is something that basically you could say a lot since that, um, I mean, since his putter cooled off, which was the Masters. So if he puts anything like he did in the first half of last year, he probably has like four more wins or five more wins. He already has one in Phoenix this year. This is just an unbelievable stat profile. If I just deleted the name, the picture, um, the results, the fantasy points, the salaries, and you put a bunch of stat profiles in front of me and said, who's going to win the most, I would probably pick this stat profile. That's how good it is. That's how good it is. And there is room for improvement, which is terrifying. Xander's here at 10,000. It's honestly just a bit awkward. You know, I think there's pretty clearly a big three, Rom, Rory, Scheffler, that I'd rather spend my money on, and so many guys down below that are great or of equal value as Xander, and he's just kind of in an awkward price. Um, You know, you look at what he's been up to. He played okay last week. So he lost lost three strokes off the tee, gained with the putter, finished T39. So he's got two finishes in the 30s in his last two, which if you're Xander – at elevated events, it's probably not great. But you go back a little further than that, it's fine. T10 in Phoenix, T13 at the Farmers, T3 at the American Express. Maybe even the other issue, and again, it's volatile. You can write this off, but three straight miscuts at Sawgrass after the runner-up finish in 2018. And I just think when you combine that with the way that he's priced, it's it's nothing against him. I just doubt I'll get there because I'll spend for the big three or I'll go down to the rest of the field. The $9,000 range. I actually find this quite curious. There's only a handful of names here. There's only six guys in the 9K range, and I think there's questions about all of them. Um, I'll start with kind of the biggest questions. One, Colin Morikawa. Back-to-back, um, or excuse me, missed cuts in two out of his last three, not back-to-back. Two out of his last three, but he has a T6 at Riviera in there, a third at Farmers, a runner-up at the Tournament of Champions that he probably should have won. The approach play now for three straight has been slightly better than tour average, which is not going to cut it if you're Colin Morikawa. Morikawa needs to gain a stroke per round, but he doesn't feel that far off. He's just he like just finished T6 at Riviera a start ago, two starts ago. I mean, th- this is such a confusing stat profile to me, uh, and I think there are a lot of questions here. He's you know, there's the the data to back up. Don't I'm not going to go on a wind a wind data rant right now, but the the evidence is mounting for my eyeballs that he does not play particularly well in the wind, and he kind of gets blown off the golf course. I worry about that. Um, you know, Justin Thomas, I worry about right. JT, you know, a lot of people got the auto. Hey, I'm going to auto bet JT because he gets 30, you know, 30 to one last week and he finishes T21, which is great. But like the, the putter, the putter is a problem, man. And the putter has been a problem for a long time. And he's using this putter now that is super unforgiving. 
um, it's it's exposing him. And 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 I think there's going to be a point where he has to say like swallow his pride say okay i need something different but this thing is exposing him he's this is it's shocking to me i mean you to gain six strokes ball striking uh to lose a little bit around the green and to lose another half a stroke i mean he's had so many chances on sunday when this that tournament was up for grabs and he just never never grabbed it he never grabbed it. I, I will. I could probably convince myself to get back to Justin Thomas before I could convince myself to get back to Colin Morikawa. You know, JT. Um, honestly, compared to a lot of his peers, this is some of the best history that he has. He also got MDF'd in in 2017, but the win in in 2021, two 30ths uh, in in the two years around that, and then the T11 in 2018, the T6, uh, the T3 in 2016. So so I could convince myself likely to get back to JT before I get back to Morikawa, but again, that's just a question mark. Patrick Cantlay's um, maybe playing the best golf in this range, but he has kind of yet to show up at some of these big time events. He's got the third place finish at Riviera, the T4 at the API, but his major championship and players championship history isn't particularly glowing. He's missed three straight cuts here at the players championship. His his T23 and T22 were in 2018 and 2017. I, I, I'm kind of growing. I could probably convince myself to get to, to Cantlay because he gained nine strokes ball striking last week and 7.7 the week before. I believe he's in a new set of sticks now. And he said Phoenix, he was still trying to get his clubs in order or something like that. So I, I'm kind of going up here, right? It's like Morikawa is like fourth and then you put JT third and then you put Cantlay second. The one who's probably most interesting is Max Homa. I think he has the least number of question marks. He shares the same distinction of like, hey, have I showed up at, at big events? Um, you know, whether it's the the major championships, but he's been better at um oh excuse me, I have I I clicked uh I clicked the API, not the players championship. He missed the cut here in 2021, but finished T13 last year, gaining eight strokes ball striking. And you know, maybe he hasn't been the greatest at the big events, but like the second tier events he's been awesome at, or at least the tough golf courses, right? He wins at Torrey Pines. Uh, he's, he's won at Quail Hollow. He won at uh, TPC Potomac. I mean, he's got some big, he's got some big wins on the resume, gained 11 strokes in the ball striking categories at API. This is a ball strikers paradise, right? We've already talked about that. So I, I think out of the nine K range, um, Homa becomes number one. And then Finau and Sungjae are kind of also in a similar position to, um, to Xander, they're they're kind of just in an awkward spot here. I I I'd probably just rather go down to the 8K range. I think these guys are fine. I don't think they're necessarily worth uh, being con uh, significantly overweight or significantly underweight on. Before we get to the eights, which I think are super fascinating, I am going to just show you the players' championship uh, history around here for the last five years. So that's 22, 21, 19, 18, and 17. This event. Um, they played one round in 2020 and then canceled it. Hideki Matsuyama was leading after uh, one round that year. So here is the everybody in this field for their history around the Players' Championship. Guys that have a decent sample size. Like Pendrith's only played four rounds. He's played it once, but he finished um, T13. Doug Gim has just two starts. That's just, you know, the, the eight rounds. Actually, let me go to the, by tournament, not by round here. Webb Simpson, you know, did Webb Simpson find something on Sunday? Made six straight bogeys on the or six straight birdies on the back nine at Bay Hill. 
six straight birdies on the back nine at Bay Hills. Hard to say. Uh, obviously won this event in, in 2018. Has missed his last two cuts. He hasn't played particularly well coming in, but maybe he found a little bit of magic. He's got uh, the best strokes gain total of anybody in the last five years who's played at least 10 rounds. Tommy Fleetwood actually sneaks up here as well. The miscut in 2021 is the only blemish. He's got the two top seven finishes uh, during this stretch as well. Adam Scott playing sneaky good golf. Um, miscut, missed the cut here last year, but otherwise he's got three top 12 finishes during that five-year stretch. Keegan Bradley, I don't want to spoil this. I'll spoil it. Um, there's a trivia question in, I don't actually, is this the trivia question or did I change the trivia question? I might have changed the trivia question. Keegan Bradley is the only golfer in this field who has played all possible rounds at the Players' Championship in the last five years. So that means he's made every single cut, and he has not got MDF'd. So you have guys like Justin Thomas who have made every cut but got MDF'd. John Rahm, who's made every cut but got MDF'd in, in 2017. So they've not played all available rounds to them. Keegan Bradley has. Keegan Bradley has, in his last four years, no worse than a 29th finish, a fifth last year, a T7 in 2018. Keegan Bradley's playing some of the best golf of his life right now. We'll talk about him a little bit when we get to the $7,500 range. But just wanted to show you those guys um, because I, 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 do, I do think that the history is important, even though it is volatile around here. Okay, the 8K range. This is really fascinating. So let's go with Victor Hovland at the top. I, I you guys know I, I'm 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 generally unable to be um, unbiased when it when it comes to Victor. We we obviously you know we, we get on well, and I spent a lot of time with him at Riviera. I spent a lot of time with him at Phoenix. The way that he described his game in Phoenix was night and day from the way that he described his game to me at Riviera. And when I that I don't know if you guys remember, but the Wednesday at Riviera, the practice round was horrible. It was freezing and windy and blowing 35 miles an hour. I was out there for 9 holes. This kid didn't miss a shot. I know it's a Wednesday, but the ball is cutting through the air. He is much more confident in his game right now. He's much more confident in his full swing right now. And not only is he telling me that, but you can see it in the metrics. Look at his ball striking numbers from his last five starts. They've all been measured. Gains one and a half ball striking at the Tournament of Champions. Gains 2.2 at Pebble Beach. That's only two measured rounds. Gains five and a half in Phoenix. Gains six at Riviera. Gains 9.9 .9 at API. We are on an upward trend. But, Rick, he couldn't possibly gain again, right? Why not? Look at what he did at the Players' Championship last year. He gained 14 strokes ball striking last year en route to a T9. Lost nearly six in the short game categories, which is certainly something to consider. But uh, this was like three strokes better than anybody else in the field. So he is feeling more confident in his game, in his long game, Go and the stats bear it out, and he is going to a place that rewards those things. Those are all facts. Uh, valid criticisms are his short game. A absolutely valid criticisms. Um, you know, again, for the second straight year at, at Bay Hill, he probably uh, thinks he gave up some strokes around the green. And he's lo he lost three at Phoenix around the green. He lost 3.7 at the API around the green. They're valid, but 
this is a ball striker's paradise and Victor is steaming in the right direction right now. I I I believe he's going to win soon. Um and there would be no no better than this one. He, he's very very close. The ga- that game is so so close right now. The rest of this 8K range. So, boy. How hard is Jordan Spieth to figure out, right? You know, 8700 bucks, um two top 6 finishes in a row. The two finishes are, were probably at golf courses that he probably shouldn't have had much much success at, but here he is. I I speaking of worrying about the short game, like I really worry about the putter with Jordan Spieth. I think he lost four strokes putting in his last five holes around Bay Hill last week. Um, had to whip out the short game magic, gained six strokes around the green there. He chipped in. I mean, it was it was it was pretty magical. But I worry about that putting stroke under pressure, admittedly, down the stretch. Matt Fitzpatrick. So we kind of got the pre-tournament update that he is not 100% with the neck, uh, thanks to Dan Rappaport last week. But um, he is feeling better, and and he was shot out of a cannon. In fact, let me show you the live leaderboard, because he was the best ball striker over the first two rounds last week. Let me see if I can find this. I think it was like eight strokes, something like that. Yeah, 8.2. Then over the course of the final uh, the final couple of days, he was not as good. Where are you, Matt Fitzpatrick? Oh, because I'm sorting by. I know exactly what's happening here. There he is. He loses one and a half strokes ball striking over the final two rounds. Still ends up putting it up a, a, a very good 6.8 strokes ball striking, six from T to green. Let's look at his player's championship history. I'm not sure I know that off the top of my head. Cut last year, T9 the year before. Made the two cuts prior to that. Okay, that's pretty good. But th- this is, if he's healthy, he's pretty dangerous at a lot of places. And um, I'd love for him to be flying under the radar here at, at, at 8,600 bucks. Terrell Hatton, 83. So he popped up as the uh, the best adjusted course fit there. Let me show you his stats. And again, this, this you need, you need the worldwide data. You need it. Because he's got the T4 at API, the T40 at Riv, the T6 in Phoenix. And look at these numbers. Eight and a half ball striking at API, 10 in Phoenix, eight in Dubai. If you don't have that, what are we doing? Runner up, uh, runner up in that Dubai event, T7 at, at, in Abu Dhabi. Uh, I mean, he's got the T7 at Alfred Dunhill, the eighth, the Italian open. He's been playing good golf for a long time. If you're only looking at PGA tour data, you've missed a lot of the good stuff. In fact, his last seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, seven of his last 12 starts have not been on the PGA tour. So think about that. Think about what you'd be missing if you don't have access to rickrungood.com. That's basically the hardest sell I'll give you. Um, Jason Day, we did the power rankings. Strokes gain total over the last 36 rounds. Remember who it was. It was Rom, excuse me, Rory, Rom, Scheffler. The big three. Literally the big three that everybody's like, oh, all these guys could be the number one player in the world. Jason Day is fourth. The only other guy gaining two strokes uh, per round or more. He's healthy. He's playing well. He's he's back at it again, right? He had another T10 last week. It, it, it's incredible. He's gained at least three and a half strokes putting in five straight. That's vintage Jason Day, and he's supplementing it with some pretty darn good ball striking. Th- th- this is really, really impressive now. So dating back to... So he missed the first cut out of the gate this season. That was the Fortinet. Since then, he has one finish... Outside the top 21, he missed the cut. He missed the cut at the RSM Classic. Everything else is a top 20. Do you think he's got any good success around here? I don't know. 
Has he hoisted? Has he hoisted that trophy? Has he hoisted that uh, gold boy? Sure did. 2016 missed the cut here last year. T35 the year before. T8, T5. So that is three top eights in his last six trips, including a win. J Day, baby. I think I think we got to I think we got to kind of fire him up. The sevens still really good golfers here. Uh, pretty terrified to go back to Sam Burns, right? Uh, that was a very ugly missed cut at Bay Hill. I mean, he lost nine strokes on approach. It's hard. That's, that's not great. And it's even more worrisome because he lost nine and a half ball striking at the tournament of champions. 2023 has not really been great for Sam Burns, which is unfortunate because I've got very high hopes for Sam Burns. I love his game. I love the upside, but we have not seen it here. Um, Matt McNeely's back McNeely. So I'm probably just going to take a wait and see approach from what I understand that that injury that he had was pretty bad. He, so he withdrew at both Phoenix and both, uh, Pebble beach, both of those events. I think it was a shoulder injury. And I think it was kind of bad. Like they knew right away in Phoenix that he was going to be out like multiple weeks and like a month and whatever. It just, I don't know. I didn't, I, I, I don't know the extent of it, but I'm under the impression it was not very good. We'll see if he's 100%. Hopefully somebody asks him about it. But um, I will probably take a wait-and-see approach here. P- worth noting, so, so well, okay, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll wait till I get down there. I'll, I'll do the Adam Scott stuff because I think Adam Scott's playing pretty decent golf right now. He's got the good history around, around TPC Sawgrass. He's got the T31 last week, which he drove it really well. I wish he was hitting it a little bit better on his approach shots, but he's kind of, he's kind of putting it together a little bit, right? Made the cut at Genesis T21 at Sony. Hasn't played a whole lot. He had that Australian open runner up finish at the end of last year. I just kind of trust him a little bit more than some of these other guys, but the two guys at 7,500 Keegan and Ricky, let's start with Ricky. He is literally the hottest golfer in the field over the last 30 rounds. So what does that mean? It means uh, compared to their 100-round baseline, are they above or below that and by how much? So this, the way this reads is that in the last 30 rounds, Ricky Fowler is 1.01 strokes per round better than his 100-round baseline. Your 100-round baseline is basically like who you are, your true DNA. Ricky Fowler's been a stroke better. How has he been doing it? Well, he's improved with the putter, 0.3. 30% of it is with the putter. I don't love to see a big number there, but if you're Ricky Fowler, who's tr- like, who was a great putter, lost it, and is trying to get back to it, I'm fine with that. But most of it, the vast majority of it, is on approach. And that is really what we want to see. I can pull up his stat profile for you just so that you can see the actual numbers behind it and see how green it is and see all that fun stuff. But yeah, this is now gaining strokes on approach every event of this season. Uh, that is eight measured events. The only one that was not measured was the Zozo Championship. He finished runner-up there. So we're going to assume he probably hit it pretty well. So I think it's safe to say he has probably gained on approach in nine straight uh, every event this season. So things things looking really good 
for Ricky. Obviously, he has won this event before. That's fun to see. Other guys. Um, so the other hot guys, Jason Day, who we've already talked about, he's about a stroke over his 100-round baseline. Minwoo Lee, Kevin Tway, believe it or not. You have to remember, Kevin Tway's 100-round baseline is probably pretty low, so it's kind of a low bar for him. Terrell Hatton, Sahith, Eric Cole, Keith Mitchell, Joseph Bramlett, all over their baseline. If we go a little bit further than that on this tool, I love this tool. This is the breakouts candidate breakout candidates tool. This looks at um, how you're hitting the ball right now, and if you're lucky or not with the putter. If you have room to get back to your 100-round baseline with the putter, that's room for growth. Those are the guys that you want. Jerry Kelly's in the top left. Uh, he doesn't have many rounds. Most of them are on the senior tour. You can ignore that. Wyndham Clark, Keith Mitchell, Alex Smalley, Tommy Fleetwood, Cam Young, Matt Wallace, Bo Hosser. They would all be in the correct quadrant. Terrell Hatton skews a little bit more towards lucky putting, but he is still in the good quadrant. Ricky Fowler still in the good quadrant. Um, guys that would be in the worst quadrant, guys that are not hitting it well and getting lucky with the putter. Unfortunately, Taylor Pendrith. Unfortunately, Aaron Wise. Guys that like I have long season-long investments in. Uh, Doug Gim, Lonto Griffin. Those would be guys that you'd that you'd probably want to stay away from, but really, really fun tool to go, to go looking through there. Worth noting. I, I just kind of um, mentioned it earlier that Keegan Bradley's playing the best golf of his life. Well, what, what does that actually mean? Well, he goes out and snaps off and shoots a 67 on Sunday around Bay Hill gains four strokes off the tee six in the ball striking categories. He actually putted well T 10 there. So now we've got T 10 at API missed the cut at Riv. T20 in Phoenix, runner-up at the Farmers. He won the Zozo at the end of last year. Really strong golf being played by Keegan, going back to a place where he's played every single round in the last five years. Uh, I, I need to point out Keith Mitchell. So Keith Mitchell has almost, I don't know if it's official, but he's like kind of taken the uh, gain strokes off the tee consecutively crown that I just made up from John Rahm because uh, Keith Mitchell never loses strokes off the tee, right? Last time he lost strokes off the tee was the Open Championship. That was .06 he lost, the tiniest of losses. The loss before that, the Scottish Open, .04, the smallest of losses. Any real tangible loss was last year in May at the Byron Nelson, and he seems to be getting better. Gained nearly seven strokes off the tee last week. I wish she was a little better on the second shots. He kind of, I don't want to say he wastes a lot of these drives, but he kind of wastes a lot of these drives, right? If we can just get him hitting it a little bit tighter, going to go a really, really long way. He's made three out of his last four cuts at the players, T13 last year. The the, the driving does go far, but we got to get the other part of it if, we, if we're going to get that like top eight upside. Uh, what else do we have in this 7K range? Mentioned Wyndham Clark already. How about this one? I do not mind going back to Thomas Dietrich. He burned a lot of us two weeks ago, but withdrew after the first round. He he said it was an illness. I was sick of watching him. I think I used that joke before. But um, if if we take him at his word that it was an illness, he's when healthy. Uh, has played really well, right? So T twenty four at the at Bay Hill last week. So now that is throw out the illness at, at Honda. That is top 40s in one, two, three, four, five straight weeks on the PGA Tour. Go back to some of his European Tour stuff. He finished T13 at the Ned Bank at the end of last year. He started off his PGA Tour season last fall really well. T12 at the Fortinet, T9 in Jackson, made a cut at the Shriners. Like, 
runner-up in Bermuda. I, th- this is an extended period of pretty decent golf, above-average PGA Tour golf, gaining like a stroke per round. I'll forgive him for Honda and see if he can stay healthy this week. He's like 7100 bucks. Yeah, 71 That's not so bad. The 6K range, the cheapest of the cheap, and then we'll run a model, and I'll get all you guys out of here. Boy, man, Hayden Buckley's killing me, isn't he? Um, So, so... This is the one thing with the fact that the pricing came out so early. Kirk Hidayama obviously goes out and wins the Arnold Palmer Invitational and was priced at $6,900 before he did that. So now I imagine you're going to see a pretty inflated ownership. I don't know if that means he's going to get the 10%. I don't know if it means he's going to get higher than that. But like whatever Kirk Kitayama was going to be this week, he's going to be a lot more now. And if the pricing came out afterwards, would he be, you know, if the pricing came out on Monday of Players Week, would he be $7,900, something like that? So people are going to think that they have a built-in, um, a built-in, what am I saying, value here. And he, barring the miscut at, at Riv, the T23 and the T29 at, at uh, the two starts before that, Phoenix and Pebble Beach, they're okay. Right, little, little, just little positives every single week. Nothing, nothing crazy, and obviously the ability to pop. So I get it. Probably won't be for me because it feels like chasing a little bit. But wanted to point it out. Also, while I have you, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. If I know you guys uh, who have been following this for a long time, like Team No Putt guys, Emiliano Grillo did it. This is, I believe, this is the Holy Grail. From my understanding, and I guess I could confirm this. He was number one in tee to green play. Was this right? Was he top five? Let me just let me let me just confirm this. Yeah, magic. He was the best tee to green player in the field last week, and the worst putter. That is absolutely incredible. I'm not sure it's ever happened before. Ten point six strokes from tee to green, lost nine with the putter. We hail to Emiliano Grillo, our team no putt king. That's it. That's the holy grail. It's been done. I, I, I just unbelievable stuff. Unbelievable. I, I did want to point out Ryan Fox here. So he fit that um, the course fit model really, really well. So he's sixty seven hundred dollars. Let's pull up his stat profile again. Another guy who's uh, certainly a global player. Big, strong, hits at a country mile. Finished t fourteen at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, gained basically across the board, 0.13, he lost off the tee, um, finished T17 in Singapore, and T11 at, in his European Tour start before that, T20 before that, so that's four worldwide, four straight top 20s, with the last one being the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and the European strokes gain data that we do have, you can see he's got some pretty elite ball striking weeks, the nine approach uh, strokes he gained on approach in Singapore, the 7.7 he gained at the Ned Bank, uh, the week before that, seven and a half in Mallorca, seven point six at the Irish Open last year. So he can get really poppy in the ball striking categories, which is which is awesome. And this is not; it's probably not going to be too big of an event for him. Um, you know, he has played; he has not played the players before, but he's played a ton of major championships. He's played. Let's see, PGA, if you hold control or command on a Mac, you can get multiple selections. That goes across the website. I should probably let people know that he's played like 15 he's played like 15 majors yeah he's got mixed results he's obviously missed some cuts but he's played the pga the u.s open and the open championship and he's got decent results for a guy of his of his caliber but my point being that like he's not shaking in his boots when he plays a big time event he's he's done this before 
the rest of the sixes are pretty ugly. Um, maybe consider Nate Lashley. So I'll, uh, he, he almost won. I shouldn't say he almost won, but he finished, I think, tied for second or third in Puerto Rico last week. Where is it? There we go. T3 in Puerto Rico last week, gained 12 and a half strokes to the field. T20 at Riviera before that, and he made the cut in Phoenix. So two made cuts at the elevated events. T3 in Puerto Rico. That This is like a very low bar, but some of the better golf he's played recently. So would not necessarily... Has he played the players? Of course, he's had to have. He's won on the tour. He's played it once. 71st in 2021. Lost seven and a half strokes, ball striking. Terrible stuff. But uh, at least a very small run of decent play, and he's only 60. Where'd he go? I thought he was like 6,400 bucks. Oh, he's even cheaper. 62. 62. Okay. Custom model. Wow. Let's go custom model for the Players' Championship. So this is where you put in any weights that you want, and you fire away. So um, what do we know? What do we know, kids? We know ball striking. We could argue 150 to 200, though I don't love to do the buckets. But, hey, we could do that on Monday and do something different on Tuesday and Wednesday. And maybe we want a little Bermuda putting. Maybe we want a little Florida golf comp. And maybe we want um, par five. We definitely want par five scoring. Maybe we want strokes gain hard. So let's have a little fun here. Let's say we want um, – let's go with strokes gained off the tee in the last – 36, 20. Strokes gained approach in the last 36, 20 of our 100 weights. Then just just quickly, just for rounding this out, like uh, strokes gained around the green last 36, like eight and putting. Uh, actually, we'll do strokes gained uh, putting on, we'll, on Bermuda, like 10. Not, nothing, nothing crazy here. We want... Uh, Strokes gain hard, I think we want 10. On, we want par 5 scoring. Let's see what we got here. Here we go. Strokes gain par 5. I think we want to be pretty heavy on this, like 14. I think that's pretty heavy. We've got 18 weights left. So we've done course... We've got hard. Okay, we can do a little course history. Just a little bit, though, because it's it's super volatile, but I think we want it. Let's do uh, – we could do, like, a little Bay Hill and a little PGA National. We could do, like, a little Florida golf thing. We could do, like, four on PGA National, four on Bay Hill, and, like, eight on TPC Sawgrass. Just for – you know, like we can change this up later in the week. We've got two left. Let's put our last two on, I guess, just fantasy points gained. That's fine. All right. Our number one golfer. Wow. Yeah. I guess no real surprise. Rory McIlroy. Number two, John Rahm. Terrell Hatton is third. Terrell Hatton is $8,300. He's third. Tommy Fleetwood is fourth fourth 7900 and scotty scheffler's fifth so the big three is being split by terrell hatton and tommy fleetwood jason day six sung jay didn't really talk about sung jay oh he gets that florida boost for sure um seventh can't lay eight zalatoris nine finau ten uh, a little bit further jt is 11 xander morikawa Wyndham clark victor is at 15 cam young is 16 
Homa, 17. Anybody else? Mitchell's nine. Okay, Keith Mitchell's 19. Johnny Vegas is 20. Those guys are underpriced for where they're ranking in my in my ranks here. Fowler, 21. Spieth is 26. That's not good for his price. Ryan Fox, 30th at 6,700. That's pretty good. I'm just trying to see if anybody's like Tom Kim doesn't rate well for this, unfortunately. Just trying to see if there's any out. Hideki doesn't rate well. Fratelli does. Yeah, Francesco Molinari does. Interesting. Okay, so, wow. All right, maybe that, that might have been too many things, but I'll save it, and we will revisit it on the live chat Wednesday. I'll probably take out some of that Florida golf stuff and go. I have a feeling the live chat on Wednesday is going to be very long. We've uh, we've had a lot of really big weeks. A lot of people like listen. I appreciate the support. The support's been unbelievable, and I'm happy to just roll with the live chat as long as we need to. Right? Like I just don't care if you guys want to talk about golf. It's all I want to talk about. So let's do it. Um, sign up for RickRunGood.com. I love the tools. They're constantly getting better. I think you guys will love them too. Make sure you're signed up for the newsletter. RickRunGood.com/newsletter. Win yourself a crystal or two. You can't win two. Just win yourself a crystal. Um, but I'm so stoked for this week. Best of luck, and I'll talk to you guys soon.